Welcome to Leadership Talk, the official Waymaker podcast, where we explore how your organization can achieve more by doing less. Hello and welcome to a special episode, a guest episode of Leadership Talk from Waymaker. And it's a real blessing and privilege to have Colin Smith um, with me today. Um, Colin, welcome to Leadership Talk. Thank you, Stuart. I'm delighted to be here. Now, Colin, um, we actually met um, a little while ago and um, we had a great conversation. I was intrigued by your skills and expertise and um, you're an expert in listening. Um, Well, actually, before I talk, talk about you, why don't you introduce yourself um, to the podcast and, and our listeners. Yeah, um, I'm always a little bit wary of expert um, <laughs> because for me, listening is is much more of a practice and that you actually get better at it the more you do it. And you're never going to be the, the master, the ultimate master in it because there'll always be someone who says, you call yourself the listener as my partner will do at different times. But for me... I've realized uh, later on in life that listening is the gift that I've had for a long time and never realized it. And it was only through someone pointing that out to me saying, you know, you're really good at listening. Oh, I I not appreciated it, which is often the case with your own gifts. And that was when I came up with the idea of the listener. It was the original thought was the listening coach, but that had more of a fixing element to it. But the listener And I see the listener in three parts. The first is people want to feel heard. And the phrase I use is people are dying to be heard, literally and figuratively. And even more so as we're in this uh, sort of global pandemic, people are feeling isolated, lonely, rise in mental health conditions, rise in suicide and the like. So just having someone that will listen so they feel heard, they feel valued, that they feel matter really makes a difference. The second part is that the quality of any of our attention with another actually improves the quality of their thinking. They start to settle, the, 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 the mind rushing going on and the adrenaline and the, sometimes the fight or flight settles and settles and settles. And then we start to think better. And the fact that I don't interrupt while you're thinking, and I maintain the contact with you when you go away. I call, this is going away to think, so I may move away from your face to think, but when I come back and you're looking at me, I'm allowed, sorry, not allowed, it enables my thinking to continue without interruption. But if I return to you and you're looking at your watch, my, my thought gets interrupted. It's saying, oh, have I, have I overstayed my welcome? Has he got to go? Or anything like that. And suddenly, where did that thought go? So that's the third. So the second one, as in the more attention I give, the better you think. And the third is people realize that actually they're only hearing most of the time. But very few of us really know how to listen. And it is a skill that can be taught. But I think when you've been taught how to listen, you can then go to another level below that, which is about being a listener. And that feels very different. 
and it sits with the other person. It's about being with, it's empathic, it's deep, it's meaningful. And it's like, ah, you know, so just to ask you a, a two very quick questions and really just really whatever comes up, when you're in the presence of a great listener, how do you know? What is it that's, that's going on? And then the second question that goes with that is, how does that feel for you when you're in the presence of a great listener? Would you like me to answer that? Is that what yeah. Oh, sure. And in, fact, mm. and in fact, anyone who's listening to this could almost like press pause and think, how would I know? And what would that feel like? See, the cheeky boy in me was sitting there going, I just want to drop a pun like, I'm sorry, can you say that again? I wasn't listening. <laughs> yes. Or <Well>, what? <laughs> so, Agreed. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't let that one go. Um, no, absolutely. Uh, so the how do, how do you, um, your first part of your question was, how do you know when you're in the presence of a, a great listener? Yeah. I think, it's, um, I think it's body language and it's emotion. There's something transacting between the two people or the groups um, of people. Um, I think sometimes um, people lean in. Um, they, yeah. they they sort of cock the ear one way as if, you know, it's almost like, oh, I want to hear that more deeply. Um, there's something going on that, that um, you don't, you know, you don't always know what it is, but, but there's something telling you that, oh, this person or these people are actually listening to me. And I think that's one thing. Um, <clears throat> I think the other is often um, when people are listening, they give you the space to speak. Um, so you, um, you don't interrupt. You don't try and talk over because you want your point of view to be heard, but you actually kind of sit back and, and, and listen um, and create the space for, for the thoughts and the ideas to drop. Um, Beautiful. The second part, how does it make you feel? Or is, is, is that? Yeah. How yeah. do you feel when you're in the presence of, of a great listener? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about people that, that I've had conversations with and um, uh, in, in family settings or work settings. Um, and and I, think, I think for me, the, my observation is you feel a sense of belonging into that moment and that conversation. You, you know you're allowed yeah. to be there. And so you've got permission to say things and voice things that perhaps if that person wasn't listening, they were maybe demanding or um, accusing or um, explaining, not listening, yeah. um, then perhaps you wouldn't, you wouldn't find that space and that permission to actually um, to, to yeah, to, to say things. Um, <clears throat> see, this, this, this podcast interview is going terribly now. You've turned into the listener and started asking. <laughs> um, I would, one, of, one of the things that I would do now if, if I was in and I'd say something like, and what more? Okay, and it, right. And it continues your, it enables you to, it's, it's almost like you've, the opposite of being interrupted. Even though I've said some words, the brain goes, oh, you want me to say some more. Mm. And what happens then is that the second wave of thinking arrives. Mm. So you might go, oh. And then you start talking again. And often the first, you know this in a marketing term, you know, top of mind. Mm. Um, so often when we ask someone a question, the first thing that come out are the stuff that they always talk about. So, Stuart, tell me a little bit about your 
what you do or how you got it. Ah, right. Let me just bring that down, send it out. And if I said, and what more? Oh, nobody asked me that. They always seem to be quite happy with my first wave of thinking. The second one, gosh, nobody asked that. And I would ask that second or third or fourth or fifth time until eventually you say, actually, no, there's nothing more. And occasionally, the person you're speaking to leans in and says, actually, I've never told anyone this before. And then, then it comes out. And you can see that with in a leadership work because their people start to tell them things that they don't normally speak about because it feels safe now. Uh, salespeople find that clients or prospects tell them more than they would normally do because you're interested. You're not interrupting your, the, the description you shared beautifully, which is you create this space for them to, to talk into. Mm. And for so, so often the, the prospect and client say more. And we can use it in relationships, mm. in our partners or our children, you know, encouraging them to say more and to open up more. And the more we do it, the more that relationship develops. It's quite mm. beautiful. It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So thank you for your your thoughts on that. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I'm reminded actually um, from many years ago when I was a young marketer in in um, in a previous life, and we were learning and being trained in qualitative research methods and and particularly focus groups and you know um, small small groups or one on one interviews. And and I remember at the time the <clears throat> the trainer and expert was would always say that silence is the greatest question. And if... <laughs> Bravo, yes. A beautiful, beautiful line. And it always stuck with me and, I, and I've always practised it. And, and really what they were trying to teach us was that if you're in that qualitative moment and you're listening because you're trying to research and understand, um, if you just actually say nothing, the people that will be the most uncomfortable will have something to say in about <laughs> 15 yeah. seconds, two or three people will be very uncomfortable and they'll, they'll just blurt out what's true. And that's yes. actually the research that you're trying to get to. The stuff they've yeah. said before that is really the hyperbole or the, the thing they think you want them to say. Beautiful. But when they actually kind of just blurt it out, it's the, it's the ah, there's the truth moment. So, so I'm yes. interested just to shift gears slightly because some people, some of our listeners, no pun intended there, are um, <laughs> going... Okay, a listening coach. Who would ever hire a listening coach? You know, why? How, how does Colin earn a crust? You know, who's hiring Colin as a listening coach and what kinds of problems are you solving inside an organisation? It's the, the sort of people I work with. It's a mixture of, as you would expect, individuals, mm -hmm. but also teams and, uh, you know, leaders, managers, etc. But it's also, so there's a, there's a work aspect of it, but there's also a personal aspect of it. And what's lovely is that when you go back to the answers that you were giving, we know how to listen, but we don't. And so in organizations, part of the issues that they're struggling with is actually the teams are not working particularly well. And I can, I can go back to not the work I did, but when um, England were in the, I think it was the World Cup, not the last, maybe the last time or the time before that, whatever it was, 
um, the team seemed to be playing for each other much more and they seemed happier. And one of the reasons was that they'd engaged a, uh, an HR type person who was also a psychiatrist. And what she did is she engaged them in listening to each other. So she was doing her listening, but she got them to open up and share more with each other. And so they created a much safer environment. People were more trusting of each other. We could share things. We could show up. I call it share up, speak up and speak out, okay. which often doesn't happen in organizations. Um, I could say it to this person, but not to this person. Um, and often those um, leaders who allow that, what you said, that space to sit with them and know that what they say really matters. And when we were talking just a little bit earlier, the bit that underlies the, the qualitative research is about the intention. If it's genuinely trying to get the best out of the, the support, the, sorry, the, the, um, uh, the interviewee, if you like, or, or the focus group, rather than how can we con them and this is true in sales, in leadership, if the intention feels right, and again, you said it, we may not know what this is, but it feels right. Mm. So, so what, that's one side of it, is how do we build psychological safety? How do we increase the quality and the depth of listening that we do across the whole business? Because when we do that, uh, we get better ideas, we get better decision-making and, and things like that. So there's that bit, there's the team building bit, there's the psychological safety bit. The, another bit is that we're seeing at the moment a lot more people leaving organizations. Mm. And some of the research suggests that a lot of people leave their organization because actually their boss doesn't listen. And believe it or not, I was in a small group with three other ladies and each of them had left their organization because, and this is before covid because they couldn't, they weren't heard by their boss. And one of the things they wanted to do was actually have more flexible working, bizarrely. But they left because they didn't feel heard and they didn't feel valued or their reasons were, were acceptable. Mm. So it's, it's a mix of things. Um, the other one, the other one comes up is you end up with more discretionary thinking. People feel part of the organization. They, they belong. They feel like they belong. Mm, mm. So, uh, if we feel we're part of, we, we're included, we belong, we feel better. Mm. When we feel better, we settle. Back to where we started about settling the mind. It means that we can uh, make decisions better because our thinking is better. Mm. And we value each other. There's, there's a lot, and I, a bit of a ramp, but I hope that no, helps. But that's, that's really, really insightful. And, and I think um, you know, so often um, we value maybe harder edge skills, the capacity to write a presentation or produce a spreadsheet or close a deal or, you know, things that are very, very tangible inside organisation. Yeah. But actually this skill of listening um, is, um, you know, is fundamental. It's a, it's a foundational skill to... Beautiful, uh, yes. To every, actually, every aspect of the organisation, whether you're in sales or finance or uh, leadership and management or product development um it's it's a core foundational skill that is often maybe just uh put to the side or gosh i've got to go to another workshop or lunch and learn on yes listening and um it doesn't feel 
Um, and I don't mean this disrespectfully at all. In fact, I, I think it's, um, it's a skill we often undervalue and um, underestimate because we think we do it every day. <laughs> You've nailed it. Absolutely 100% nailed it. That's the challenge I face. You know, if people believe they listen, but in fact they hear. And it's only when we know the difference, mm. they go, ah, because the real difference is that hearing is passive. So you and I could be in a very noisy restaurant, deep in conversation, and someone goes, hey, Stuart, not even talking to you, you'll hear it. I probably won't. And it's one of the reasons they say we don't sleep particularly well in a new hotel room, because all the noises are different. And so it's passive. You don't have to do anything, and it's about keeping you safe. Listening is active you have to intend to listen okay. so if i played a piece of music and i'd let you hear it you'd hear it if i say well this time listen to the piano listen to the drums mm. oh you'd hear it different then i say same piece of music listen to the vocals just listen to him singing or you know this singing and then the fourth time i said just let it wash through you, just be with all of it. You'd, I've been accused of changing the music. <laughs> I'm actually, Seriously. Oh, I, can, I, can, I can totally relate to this. I, I remember this was quite recent. I, I took a, a long weekend for my, my wife and I had our um, 20th wedding anniversary. Um, couple Congratulations. Of, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. And um, we're, we were in, um, well, our state was in, in lockdown during the pandemic, so we we couldn't do the the fancy, you know, boat ride down Europe, European rivers or whatever. Um, and we we ended up at a resort uh, by the beach, which is hardly, you know, it's not it's not a it's not a problem whatsoever. Right? At a resort by the beach, the kids were with the uh, with the in laws, and um, and and Saturday afternoon, I think we had a a pims, a bottle of pims. How very English! Um, uh, <laughs> by the pool. Under the umbrellas, and I put my my headphones in, and we were both sitting on these banana lounges, kicking back for the first time in oh. felt like forever. And I and I just hit you know playlist on my my iPhone, listening to some music in the sunshine. And I and and I was I was not asleep, I was out, but I was in the music. And for the first yes. time, I'm like, I'm, I'm hearing the bass lines, I'm hearing the, the hearing the harmonies. Oh, I can see what the can see what the guitar's doing. I can see how they've layered that. And, you know, I'm a hack musician. musician. I love music. Yeah. But the world was spinning around me and but it had kind of stopped and I'm, and, and I'm just in these great songs that obviously that Apple was spinning up for me through my iPhone and, and I was in it. And, and an hour and a half later, my wife who was reading a book next to me said, oh, should we go for a swim or you know, should we get up? And, and I'm like, oh. And, and like, it was like time had stopped because I was listening. There was it was another yes. day, and so I'm really killing, kicking into gear into what you're saying there. Um, that is so so on it. Yes, you, so you really. So there was no other interruption for you. Yeah, yeah. No three year old taking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 that's the that's the difference when we really do listen. As opposed to it, so I've got music in the background. I'll just do my emails, mm. and another track has gone by, and you didn't even notice. Mm. Mm. And and I'll imagine you also heard the words, maybe for the first time, 
Yes, yes. You're hearing lyrics that would would just flown over your head before. So how, I mean, and, and, and what was startling to me was when I kind of came out of that, I was like, wow, I haven't listened to music like that in like 10 years, you know, to being so long. So, so clearly I hadn't been listening for like a long yeah. time. So, yes. you know, if that's a, if that's a measure on my life as a listener, you know, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm barreling along at a million miles an hour. And, and, and so what can, what can we do as leaders and managers? What, 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 what can help us become aware of the problem and what kinds of things can we put in place in conversations or moments to start to solve the problem? So if I've understood that, there's almost like two parts, identifying the problem. Yes. And then what can we do about the problem? Yes. So, um, so to, to clarify, I think a lot of listeners on the podcast might be going, I don't have a problem with this. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, I think the first one is identifying problems is achieved through good listening. Um, we create that, that space that you talked about. We're able to be there with the person. Uh, we, we make it really clear that we're here to listen. So we haven't got our mobile near us. Okay. We, we, we haven't got a screen up. Um, we've got nothing in between us. Our body language is open. We're paying them attention. Okay. And they feel it. So they can, uh, they feel safe to share. We do the, and what more? And little by little they go, actually, I can, I can now um, explain the problem. If, they can, if, uh, if somebody's listening to the podcast, sorry to interrupt. Go on, go on. Um, and they're thinking, oh, no, I listen really well. Um, so I'll just replay what you just said there. Last time they maybe had a conversation, um, now a little bit difficult on Zoom because you're going to have a screen up. And but but let's say you're you're in in a live environment. Yeah. Did you maybe turn around from your desk? Did you step back and um, speak to them not over a desk, but you know nothing in between? So so I'm I'm, I'm trying to um, sort of play a scene out because I, I can. I can just think of many times when I've been sitting at my desk working and somebody across the room says, I asked you, what do you think about this? And I'll throw away a comment, but I haven't stopped. I haven't turned. I haven't sat. I haven't engaged. Yes. So these are the cues we should be looking for. I think one of the big messages I give people say, you know, is, is there a, almost like, is it perfect? Is where is it different? And it depends so in that situation, you're working away and they shout something to you and you respond back, fine. It's, it doesn't require listening because you've heard it. It's about I'm listening to or either I'm hearing to respond. Okay. Yep. If, I'm, if I really want, if they say, um, I Stuart, I've, I've got to go uh, because something's happened at home. You go, oh, yeah, okay, fine, off you go. You've not heard them. Mm. You might turn around and say, is everything okay? And they go, actually, yeah. Um, the, the little ones, um, whatever, or she's called out of school or, or any, any number of those issues. And it might be very short. And you might even then just say, look, give us a call when you, when you back home. I'd like to know that everything's okay. Mm. Then they feel valued. They feel heard. They feel that their life matters to you. Mm-hmm. And in reality, and I don't mean this all you've done, all you've done, all you've done is listened. 
rather than just heard. So, you know, so sometimes when the your partner says, yeah, of course, you can go down to the pub. Do they really mean that? Or are they really saying, I'd like you to stay here? But they're just trotting it out and we're not really listening to them. How can, that's, that's really good. Uh, and I might have just jumped ahead a little bit and um, those two, the two parts of that earlier question was, what can leaders and managers do to help become aware of their listening problem? So maybe they're not listening well. And secondly, what could they do as, as leaders and managers in their organisation with their team to listen better? What, 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 could, what skills could we give them here yeah. that they could take away with? Um, and I think, you know, I call myself a listener, but I didn't hear your question correctly. So I misheard that. And it's how do they understand that they've got a listening problem? Yes, yes. All right. So the the response to that um, is is one of that people don't tell you. People are not telling you what's really going on. That's probably the biggest one. We're not. I'm not hearing it. They're telling me what I want to hear, and they're 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 holding back. And I hear rumours of other things. Nothing. Everything seems to be okay at this level, but. I'm hearing odd things from others that's not right. So, and so they're not opening up. They give you short answers. Um, they're more likely to agree with what you've said. Okay. So, so and it's not really a, an organization. You're hiring people to tell you what you said. Yes, yeah, so that's, that's that bit. Some things that to... to so, so just to so, pick up on that, yeah, there is, if people are telling you what you think you want to hear, or if you're just hearing back from your team members, what you've told them, it's probably likely there's a listening problem going on because they're not voicing constructively critical or different or differing views that would challenge the moment. Yeah. And also then they're, they're less interested in you because if you're starting to be interested in them, they can be interested in you. And so a phrase I often use is listen first. Listen always, always. So you can be that first. So when the leader walks in and says, hey, guys, we've got a problem. This is what I think. The answer is, what do you think? Versus, hi, guys, we've got a problem. I'm really interested in your views. Mm-hmm. And not, not saying what they think. Um, because when they do, they come up with all these ideas. And it might be that the best idea is, is one somebody else has got which happens to be the same as yours, why not let them have it? Of course, of course. Brilliant, John. Really good. That's, that's the one we're going with. Everyone feels valued and heard because their ideas have been put into the pot. Mm. And it's much better that way. Um, and in fact, Tom Peters, um, he of uh, In Search of Excellence from the 70s, I'm showing my age, he says that if he was running an MBA, the first part of it would be this strategic listening for everyone and the second part would be more strategic listening for everyone that's how he valued he yeah. sees listening yeah it's that important and yeah. it is that foundation that you talk about mm-hmm. so the sort of things which we've touched on is um you know no distractions attention to them look as though you're listening feel like you're listening to them intend to listen to them to hear what they've got to say not how can I uh, get from them as a result of it? Because that getting from, when they turn to you and they say, you know what, Stuart, that's it, you've got it. 
then you know you've got rapport mm -hmm. and then you know that you can influence them as long as that intention is good throughout. Are there any really good examples in the public space, politicians, leaders, sportsmen, commentators, that you could point to and go, actually, they're very good at this skill? I'm putting you on the spot right here now. Oh, gosh. I, there's none that I have to be honest, there are none that immediately come to mind. Uh, that's an interesting one because it's never a question. Nobody's ever asked me that question. Um, I was thinking maybe, um, and I can't even remember his name now, some of those um, long-term recent English um, talk show hosts. Um, so Michael Parkinson, David <laughs> Frost. Yeah. Um, it's, um, in some respects, um, Oprah is, is good at listening. Okay. Okay. Actually. And she sees... In fact, she tells a story when she's being interviewed. This is probably a very good point, actually, when you talk about people in the public space. And she says that I've probably interviewed, I don't know, she said thousands of people from presidents to prisoners, right. you know, from, from single mums to people on their deathbed and, or children. And she said pretty much every single one of them at the end of the interview, and bear in mind it's anyone, they lean across me and they say, was that okay? Did I do all right? And so once she had realized that, she said, I now intend through my interviews to validate them in terms of what they're saying throughout. And so her whole being is about listening to them so that they feel heard, they feel valued, validated, and important. And, and that's, that's really interesting. And then obviously they share things that perhaps they wouldn't share with other interviewers. Um, yeah, feel safe. Comes out and, yeah. and it's a better program and, and, and everybody wins. How interesting. No, that, that was certainly a curveball question right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's because I asked you a question earlier. All right. <laughs> so yeah. um, if I'm a... a CEO, leader, or boss, um, what what should I look out for? You know, what what should I look out for across my team to go? Actually, I think we should get somebody in to help us with this. You know, what are the symptoms or signs to go? Actually, we we we've got some issues. Let's let's get somebody in to come and help us. I think it really goes back to the point you made very early, early on, is that listening itself is the foundation for communication. We all think it's about public, if it's about speaking or writing and things like that, but actually it is about listening. And so if we're finding in the team that the team is not functioning well, it may well be an issue with communication. Is there uh, lots of groups within the main team? Um, and even more so on Zoom, because often the meetings that we have are very uh, prescriptive, right? What's going well? Where do you need help? Let's do it. What's the plan for next week? Done. Rather than understanding a bit more about each other. So on arrival, how are you arriving? How are you feeling today? What's it like for you being isolated or whatever? Because some people work from home on their own. That's it. There's no one else there. Um, so it is a bit more about the disconnection and the miscommunications that are going on. It doesn't feel safe, as I said earlier, to share um, we're, we're looking outside for 
how to build trust when actually, because I think there was one bank uh, CEO said, um, how, do we, how do we get trusted more? And somebody said, no, that's not the question. The question is, how can we be more trustworthy, which is very different. And I think from the work I've done is that listening is the heart of so many of, of these things in mm-hmm. communication. What's been your greatest success as a listening coach and helping strategic leaders in, in small, big and large organisations um, really change their behaviours? What, what's one or two moments that you can think back on and go, that's, that's been change-worthy? The, the best moments for me happen in, in, in one-to-one uh, conversations. Uh, that, there's two parts. One is in the one-to-one is when you ask the man what more and what more and what more and they go oh my god i've just come up with a thought that i never knew i had and i'm really going to take that away now so there's almost like this joy in their face that they've uh, something's opened up for them and they've thought it but in fact what the bit i the piece i've done is to create that space if you like for them to to open up to it and the other uh, moments are when you get either in a, a team uh, which works together um, or even with I've seen this in a public event where there was a couple together and it's the first time that the other person has been asked first of all what do you think what do you want to say and that they felt heard and occasionally you end up with, with tears coming down their face because it's the first time they've felt heard. We've, I've been in organizations where it's difficult to give positive feedback to someone you work with. Wow. Yeah. Um, they found that very, very uncomfortable. It wasn't even negative feedback. So little by little, as they start to build that trust, then they start to share the things that are important. And another one is about appreciation. And we're often, uh, we give feedback. So, Stuart, we're, we're going to give you feedback from the, uh, you know, the, last, uh, the last month's work. And you know you're just waiting for that, the bits that, uh, you know, this didn't go well. Right. Right? So it's, it's got a mix. Whereas if we give you appreciation, so one thing I appreciate you about you, Stuart, for t- from me to you today, is the way you've actually uh, listened, you've re- reflected back for me, and I have felt heard throughout it. So thank you. I really appreciate that. And that's about your being, not your doing. So leaders can appreciate that, mm-hmm. but they're appreciating the individual's being, not what they've done. Mm-hmm. So it might be, um, they, they appreciated the the commitment they made to the they made to the organisation by by coming in over the weekend. Mm-hmm. They're not they, they're not appreciating what they did, but the the who they are that was committed to come in. What I'm hearing there is that the leader is purposefully validating the individual, and and through that validation, creating that safety and that belonging and that space to then have the positive and or the negative conversations around um, performance or improvement or outcomes. And so that, so that 
they feel validated and belonging. Belonged, that's not the right word. They, they feel a yeah. sense of validation and belonging. Um, belonging. <laughs> uh, before you actually can work on any performance improvement, um, which sounds to me foundational, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Very good point. And, you know, you picked it up very well. What's the one thing as a leader I could do, any of our listeners could do as leaders um, going into work tomorrow? The top one would be stop trying to fix things. So I'm here to listen. I want to encourage you to come up with the ideas rather than expect me to come up with all the ideas. Mm-hmm. So no fixing. Um, and I would use pausing, which we touched on, and silence. I would encourage them to say more. Um, and the other is to really give them your attention. Fantastic. Colin, um, what a really interesting topic. Um, uh, and I've just so enjoyed our conversation today. Um, it's been really insightful. Um, where can people reach out to you, read your books or resources or work with you? Tell, tell, tell people where they can go to get more than you. Yeah. So the, um, the, the website is www.dexteritysolutions.co.uk, D-E-X-T-E-R-I-T-Y solutions.co.uk and the whilst i'm not i don't have my own book i'm i have a chapter in this book called uh, the journey inside okay. uh, coaching to the core excellent and it's on amazon and actually before christmas it's on kindle for 99 uh, pence just under a pound wow what a bargain um uh, so- um, co-writer, a contributor into the book called yeah. the title of that. So it's called The Journey Inside. Journey Inside. Um, Coaching to the Core. Coaching. And my chapter is chapter three, and it's called The Transformational Impact of Active Listening. And it shows the, um, the, framework. the journey, right. the f- relationship framework. Um, Colin, real pleasure. Um, uh, wish you the very best in, in your consulting. Um, uh, listeners, if you want to reach out and know more, um, head over to de- dexteritysolutions.co.uk and um, feel free to uh, subscribe, tell your friends about um, uh, Leadership Talk, subscribe on podcasts. Um, we want to thank you. Ask us any questions on our social links. Um, jump onto LinkedIn, look up waymaker.io, ask any questions. Uh, and we'll be happy to answer them. Um, Thank you for listening, and we look forward to um, another time when we can help you be inspired through strategy, leadership, and technology on Leadership Talk. 